2: On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, what's the deal with Fred van vliet There's been lots of noise about potential teams and suitors where he could be headed this summer, and of course, the Toronto Raptors are pretty invested in keeping him as well. If it's not in Toronto, where would we like to see him go? We'll get into those questions and more with the wonderful Katie heindel of Dime and Basketball Feelings coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Oh, like, cause when I shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot trying to miss. So. And welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, June the 2nd. Holy hell, it's freaking June the 2nd, Katie. <laughs> where is the time going? Uh, I'm your host, Sean Woodley, of course. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at Sean. You can follow, uh, subscribe to, rate, and review the show for free on your favorite podcast apps. Of course, we're on YouTube if you want to go hit the big red subscribe button over there. And uh, most importantly, come hang out in the Lockdown Raptors Discord, baby. It's a growing community of listeners where it's all just Good vibes, like very uh, polite disagreement when there is disagreement, and uh, it's just a good spot to talk about the Raptors on the internet. So come hang out; it's super fun. Uh, on today's show, we're talking about Fred Van Vliet and the ongoing uh, rumor mill, and scuttlebutt, and subterfuge, and whatever other off-seasony words you want to use. We'll get into how we're feeling about his current status. Are we nervous that he's going to be bolting to some other team? Are we feeling all right about the Raptors' ability to retain him? Can the Raptors actually afford to lose him get into all of that, plus uh, some ideal destinations to make it hurt less if he does leave at the end of the show. But first, got to bring in our guest. It's Katie Heindel, back from weeks in Japan. <laughs> Katie, it's lovely to have you back. I miss looking at your Instagram stories from your trip. I have to ask you, before we dive into Fred Van Vliet talk, what was your favorite basketball and or Raptors thing you encountered in Japan? It seemed like you were just, like, seeing everything. So I'm assuming there's some sort of NBA or basketball crossover content we can work into this?
3: There's a lot, man. Um, oh, yeah. I think probably number one was I was trying to think, was this the morning of the earthquake? But it wasn't. It was a different morning. Um, but there was a game on in the Japanese basketball league. It was the last game of their regular season. Right on. Uh, between the Hiroshima Dragonflies and I think it's the Ryuku Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. And the, the Dragonflies came back in a stunning, like in a stunning clutch shot. That's from one ending. of their players and then but then the Ryukyu Golden Knights won with like 2.2 seconds left.
2: So Derek White uh was yeah. was on the case for yeah. Ryukyu. That's exciting. But that uh, was good. That some signature.
3: other <laughs> like some quick some other quick like hits uh include saw Hachimura, Lakers Hachimura jersey in the wild in Osaka. I got to shout out my favorite coffee shop Maybe in the world, but it is in Osaka. It's called Sporty Coffee, Hmm. uh, and they have their own line of running gear, basketball, because they have a basketball club, a running club, and they have a yoga club. Uh, They all go out of their shop. They also have a shop in Tokyo. Um, But I actually went there for the first time in 2018 when the Raptors were in the playoffs Mm. uh, and watched some of the early series there when I was in Japan at that time. Great shop, really chill people. At the time, though, there were some Americans in the store, uh, (laughs) and I was trying on a T-shirt And uh, 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 a kind of loud uh, American Bostonian
2: was like talking about the
3: Celtics heat series and was like, I don't care. The Celtics are going to sweep. So thoughts out to that woman who I thought of many times during the series,
2: (laughs) (laughs) maybe with a little bit of
3: delight and glee to myself. But uh, yeah. What else japan's like uh japan loves basketball so i saw like little kind of hints of basketball everywhere which is really cool
2: that's awesome Mm -hmm. uh really happy to have you back katie it's nice to have you back on the show and uh let's dive in shall we let's talk fred van vliet so i guess well, let's begin this with a bit of a check we've been doing a lot of these this week like temperature checks on our feelings as we kind of have cycled through all the topics as we wait for the raptors to do something like uh, a hire or have some sort of inkling as to what their off-season vision is and so we're just kind of in the motions of checking our feelings and seeing where we're at checking on one another healthy. this is a communal yeah. exactly it was self-reflection all this stuff so I guess right now, Katie, like scale of one to 10, what is your nervousness level? Or maybe it's not nervousness. Maybe you want to see Fred Van Vliet sent out on the, out, out to sea on a barge like half the fan base does. But um, w- what's your level of concern about the Raptors' ability to retain Fred Van Vliet once free agency hits in, uh, oh, less than a month? <laughs> Excuse me.
3: <laughs> I'm not nervous, but I'm not on the the on board with the folks that want to see him gone i'm more Mm -hmm. that i think he'll do what's best for himself yeah but this is sort of the first time i felt like that really strong autonomy kind of coming off Fred, which makes me feel a bit more concerned that the raptors Mm -hmm. cannot retain him because i do wonder where his i'm gonna say his heart but also just like his sense of with the next part of his career what he wants that to look like Mm -hmm. um so if we're talking 10 at a high level probably coming in around a seven and a half or an eight honestly yeah yeah
2: yeah i'm growing a little more concerned as well that said it's hard right now right like this very well could be we've seen all these teams mentioned the sixers the Mm -hmm. rockets the lakers the magic the bulls the Spurs, have they been mentioned? That would be a fun place to go. We'll get to them later, maybe, as like a destination that wouldn't crush our souls. But, you know, there's been a lot of teams thrown out there. Part of this could just be Van Vliet's uh, representation doing good subterfuge and just being like, hey, look at all these teams he might go sign with. You better pay Fred. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to always remember, like, what do these rumors, uh, like, wh- whose agenda do they put forth? I suppose, is kind of the thing you always have to, the filter you have to have when all these mm-hmm. things come out in the offseason. But it's certainly growing in terms of the number of potential destinations and the ways this could go, you know, I'm at least a little bit heartened by the fact that a lot of the teams that are, you know, rumored or mentioned as potential Van Vliet landing spots are teams that don't have any cap space, and therefore there would be at least some sort of sign-and-trade situation worked out, but I'm definitely worried, and I'm trying to balance sort of my sort of long-standing just belief that the Raptors will tend to keep their guys and take care of them. That has been their track record over the years. Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet. Like, they've kept Fred like nine times, it feels like, in his very short (laughs) NBA career. Um, And it seems like he's always hitting free agency, and they always manage to keep him in in the door. But Mm -hmm. I, I just... You know, the the sort of weirdness of the end of the season and the lack of any sort of inkling as to what the Raptors got cooking this summer, I think is adding to this sort of general tone of anxiety. So yeah, I'm probably at like a six and a half or a seven myself. Um, But, you know, that's subject to change based on the way the wind's blowing, I suppose. Like, where are you at with sort of just the maybe just sort of a general larger picture than just Fred Van Vliet? nervousness level between zero and 10 as far as can the Raptors actually pull off this off season they have planned like there's three pending UFAs there's all the stuff around Pascal and OG uh, not that they are obligated to trade them or anything like that but there's extension talk and if those extension talks don't don't go well then maybe that enforces their hand a little bit it's uh like I'm withholding judgment on a lot of the front office moves of the last year or so until we actually see how this offseason plays out but There are more avenues now, I think, for things to become kind of an unmitigated disaster, Katie. How are you feeling?
3: (laughs) There's no coach still, so we got that. There is not a coach still.
2: That is true. Um, Yeah, carry on. I have to
3: say, I mean, for me, it had kind of been out of sight, out of mind. But um, being back at OVO yesterday, thinking Mm -hmm. more about it. Also thinking more um, about the shape of the league to come next season. I mean... You know I'm a perennial Piston supporter, but that Monty deal is a really big deal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it shows some real surety in terms of where, like, the direction they want to go and the fact that they do want to retain as many of their young stars as possible and really develop them, and I think they can do that next year I wouldn't call them a sleeping giant yet but like I would call like Orlando that maybe but my point is that all these teams that we kind of looked at once is like the dregs of the east aren't really that bad anymore because mm. what's good and bad has changed so much in the league just because of the wealth and breadth of talent there um, which made me start thinking about the Raptors and that oh could the Raptors be like a bottom bottom team mm. next season if they don't get some of this stuff sorted out I think so just because you've seen a lot of Moves and changes and, you know, teams kind of realizing, like looking at how the chips have fallen in these playoffs, and like it's a stacked conference and you've got to kind of make moves to keep up, right? It's not good enough to just stay good uh, anymore. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for things to go wrong, as you said, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on who they keep, who they prioritize, what the direction of the team is going to be, you know, next season. I think a lot of that's going to be plotted out by the coach that they get of course and the people that they bring in because another thing I didn't realize not that I expected to see like assistants running around but like chatting <laughs> with some other folks yesterday at OVO I was like oh yeah everybody's gone
2: yeah it, just, it, just just Messiah and Justin like, Trudeau hanging out <laughs> yeah and
3: Bobby was like lurking lurking off in the corner but you know other than that it's like it's a bit it's like a bit ghostly right like, yeah. they need to they need to they need a coaching staff like a full coaching staff so I'm heartened by that, though, because, again, we're talking about New Directions a lot of other franchises have taken, and I think mm-hmm. the Raptors are really due for one. Um, the names that have been floated I do like because I think they would see the importance of retaining for Van Vliet, you mm-hmm. know, and prioritizing the core, but also being realistic about perhaps, like, who to cut loose, where development has potentially failed some of the players that you may want to keep because you thought they were going to develop, but you didn't develop them in the last two to three years because you kind of buried that part of your organization, mm-hmm. you know, and you forfeited it for other things. So I'd like to see that come back too, but you got to start clean slate with that. I don't think, I don't know. I'm not going to name names. I just don't feel like there's much hope or runway left for certain guys on the roster. Um, yeah. I just, I do. I, you you got to get a couple of those like coaching pieces in place though mm-hmm. to set all yeah. the motion. or yeah, I could see them, And it's not the worst thing i'll say like i I mean this probably is the worst thing to fans to be like i don't want to be like relegated down in the bottom of the conference but it's not the worst thing and it it might take a year or so anyway right for some of this stuff to shake out it might not sometimes this stuff like new coaches come in and things are just like Mm
2: -hmm. go
3: along swingingly so yeah
2: (laughs) i i have a hard time seeing them Intentionally going to the bottom, I guess. Maybe they just go there because circumstances have lined up. Oh, I don't just, mean yeah. that's where they go, but like, I don't
3: mean they're going to do like a tank thing. I yeah. think that might just be in service to the changes that they'll make or if they don't yeah. make any changes.
2: Sure. At the same time, like the last two seasons, they've averaged 45 wins. Like it's you know, I, I know there's all this sort of, oh my God, this team is in such a dire state that things are, night. Like they really had like one year where they had some kind of wonky moves and a bit of a disappointing season. And I, I still think there is an avenue here to be a good team in the Eastern Conference, especially mm-hmm. considering like the Raptors are not the only team subject to potential change this summer. A lot of the league is, and it's going to be, I think, a summer of chaos. And who knows where you come out when the dust settles, you have good talent, maybe not great talent, but you have good talent in the door, talent that should have won more than 41 games last year. And so I'm still banking on the new coach, kind of helping things along. And and I do think the idea of just getting the coach in will help sort of ease some of the tension within the fan base, it feels like, just because it's like, what the hell's going on? Nothing's happening. And there's nothing wrong with nothing happening. The the lack of things happening does not mean that there aren't things going on that you're not seeing. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's certainly... Would be nice to get the coach sort of sorted away, and then from there you can actually maybe track a bit of a vision here. Because right now it seems like there's a, I mean, again, just because they haven't declared their vision doesn't mean there isn't there there isn't one, but they sure haven't done that yet. Katie, we're gonna come back on the other side, continue the Fred talk, and get into the reasons why, as much as he is a lightning rod for criticism in Toronto. Losing Fred Van Vliet would be a disaster for the Toronto Raptors. Losing him for nothing, I should say, as if he just walks as a free agent. We will get into why that is and whether you agree, Katie, coming up in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, who are the number one sportsbook in all the land. And right now is a perfect time to make a fast break over to FanDuel during the NBA Finals, because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's incredible. $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Vandal's really fun, really easy. Great promotions every day. You got safe and secure, and obviously you get paid instantly as well. That is a wonderful feature. You're not going to hold your money back or anything like that. And there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. You can get on some same-game parlays. You can go and bet the Nuggets to win in four games, which just might happen because they look a lot better than the Miami Heat. Either way, visit fanduel.com slash locked on. Get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. all right continuing on here katie Heindel from dime basketball feelings along thanks to you the listeners who are along if you're an everyday listener of the show let us know in the comments so we can again get you some help really appreciate it but boy some decisions you've made uh <laughs> maybe you should be talking to somebody about them well uh, katie fred van vliet <laughs> let's continue on this uh line of conversation shall we i i, I just i've gone into this summer I've gotten tired of talking about Fred Van Vliet. I'm sure the comments on this episode are going to be a cesspool because that's just what happens when you talk about Fred Van Vliet on the internet in 2023. Um, But I just, I keep coming back to It would be an unmitigated disaster for the Raptors to lose Fred Van Vliet in free agency for nothing. Obviously, they've lost guys walking in free agency in recent years, and that's led to talent drain. A lot of it kind of unavoidable. Maybe you disagree with the Gasol Baca thing. Um, And, you know, certainly they could have kept those guys. Would it have made them any better in that Tampa season? Probably not, because that was a cursed season from hell, and those guys were kind of on the decline anyway. Regardless... Losing guys in free agency for no return is a bad asset management, Katie, uh, <laughs> if we want to get into the ghoulish terms here. And I also just think the importance of having a point guard on your team is being very slept on here. It, it, like, this is a fan base that just spent an entire year clamoring for a center. Oh, my God, they don't have a center. They need a traditional center. Guess what? Uh, Point guard, as important as traditional center when it comes to how basketball is played, and I know that Fred Van Vliet is not a perfect basketball player. I do not profess to think he is a perfect basketball player. He doesn't shoot twos very well. He can't really score at the rim. He had a defensive decline this year. All that said... He is still a point guard. He's still a mid-tier starting point guard in the NBA. That's not nothing. You're not going to always have elite starters at all your positions. And I don't see an avenue by which they can properly replace replace Fred VanVleet this summer. There's no point guard out there who's actively available, who's like, yep, that's the guy you can go get, specifically when you consider the Raptors' money situation, where they have three pending UFAs. Their business is tied up keeping their own dudes as opposed to going and pursuing others. And so, Katie... Are you with me on this? Like, there's just no way they could lose Fred Van Vliet and expect to be a serious basketball team next season. Maybe that's the thing that sends them to the bottom. But the point guard skills he brings to the table, like, guess what? The whole pick and roll that everyone was so happy with at the end of the season. Oh, my God. Jakob Pearl gets to set screens and roll, and this is, like, real normal basketball. That all goes away if you don't have Fred Van Vliet because he's the point guard end of that pick and roll. <sighs> Katie, uh, Fred Van Vliet's important, correct? <laughs> He is
3: really important. And I think he's uh, shown that he could be really important to a lot of other franchises as well, Mm -hmm. Um, which isn't the worst thing, you know, for the Raptors to sort of realize like, all right, like we don't just have one of the most like functional point guards in the league. You know, we have a really good and capable and complete one. Mm -hmm. And And
2: coveted one.
3: Yeah. I mean Mm -hmm. that like, those are the, those things do change. Like, you know, somebody who's up also like what we hear about, I think about what Bruce Brown said like that nobody he was like the rumors were out that everybody was calling me in free agency and nobody called me
2: um <laughs> should have called Bruce Brown he's really good uh, yeah we
3: should have really called Bruce Brown um <laughs> but <laughs> that I would think,
2: have required the Raptors to have more than six players in their team who can play on a given night Katie that's not that's what true. they did this year that wasn't it's their true. vibe
3: <laughs> I think right now it's like it's really interesting to me because this actually the ball falls more in Fred's court um mm-hmm. than it does the Raptors and they've sort of put themselves in that position I think um by prioritizing certain people and things perhaps over mm-hmm. him or maybe the way that they showed that um maybe in some of the absenteeism of the front certain parts of the front office this season so mm. I think they, they they kind of have to pay for that they might just end up paying for it with money
2: mm-hmm. the money
3: that they give to
2: Fred the simplest solution to everything yeah
3: for his <laughs> uh, contract I wonder how long that deal looks because mm. I don't know if Fred or the Raptors maybe want to get tied up together for, for that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I again maybe they do. Maybe it's a sure thing, you know. Fred is typically like pretty straightforward when he talks and he said, you know, if the situation is is right for him, um, this is a franchise he does want to stay with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I wrote uh, I wrote something for Dime about role players, and it actually did make me think about the Raptors. I've mentioned them in the story, um, but just that. When you see teams spiral too far into this idea of positionless basketball without structure, yeah, because role players that can do a little bit of everything are not the same as like having a positionless basketball team, right? Absolutely. It's so. fluidity with structure. And I think the Raptors actually went too far in the direction of not having structure uh, into this like positionless experiment that it, they sort of came apart.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: to your point, yeah, you need a point guard. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and and like, Fred Van Vliet, look, is he going to be your second best player if you are after a championship? Probably not, but like, that's okay. And I know this is all complicated by the incoming cap and tax implications and all of this stuff. The the, the lead apron, as it's called. (laughs) I I feel like there's like a misunderstanding. Because it's uh, heavy and uh, protects against radiation? I don't know. Uh, it's because it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a looming and uh, why ominous name. Why not I, like I don't know hat? why the apron is the name they have in there. Like, they, whoever writes the CBA is just making stuff up. And it's like, this is an apron and the uh, biannual exception. Yes, that sounds right. Uh, <laughs> just making stuff up. But forget where I was talking, where I was going. Uh, <laughs> Sorry no that's totally okay i i just oh boy i really forgot where i was headed the lead
3: apron I, the lead apron tight. yeah
2: it's getting it's going to get complicated you're going to get expensive but it's not going to cr- really crush the raptors until 2024-25 mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and i think there's this sort of idea and look, I don't blame people for getting into the cap machinations game and trying to sort of telegraph where the Raptors moves are going to come from and be like, Oh, they don't have this money. Like it speaks to the intelligence of the fan base that there's a handle on the cap to that degree and where things go. I would just kind of advise, like don't let the difficulty of cap machinations get in the way of the reality that having good players under contract is a good thing. And Fred Van Vliet under contract is a better thing for the Toronto Raptors than not having Fred Van Vliet on your team next year. Full stop. Even if you think the player is bad, which he's not, but even if you think he's bad, the rest of the league does not. He has value around the league. He has people who would be suitors for him around the league. It is better to have him under contract to potentially move him down the line or just have him play basketball for your team, which is a good thing. Novel concept, I know. Um, But it's just... Yes, the money is a problem, but it's not that much of a problem. And it's not a problem that doesn't have entire stabs of people hired to figure out this exact problem. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So I know the sort of... The counter to wanting fred on the team is the money thing like oh my god 30 plus million dollars a year for him like can you do that uh look that's just the cost of doing business in the nba in 2023 everyone's contracts are going up and i honestly think any contract signed this summer is going to age wonderfully as the cap goes up in coming years with new tv deals and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and we're not going to be sitting here looking like oh my god what a horrible albatross contract and so even like i can get and meet you in the middle with the basketball argument maybe there. Is just something flawed in Fred Van Vliet's game. Maybe there's just, you know, it's just not a perfect fit with what the Raptors got going on. Maybe him and Scotty Barnes are mortal, mortal enemies and can't play with one another. Even so, it's more in the interest of the Raptors to have Fred Van Vliet under contract than it is to not. Full stop, mm-hmm. end of story. And that, I, I think, you know, where this goes if they don't have him, I, I don't know. Like, this could get grim really quick because, again, not having a point guard would be a disaster going into next season. Maybe that makes it so they can tank to the bottom six and not lose their pick to the Spurs. That would stink and be a way to waste another year of Scotty Barnes and O.J. Ananobi. And if you have Pascal Siakam and all this, they just, Katie, they better have a contingency plan if Fred's gone. Like, do, yeah. you, like, do you have any sort of, like... Uh, you know i know you're not as trade machine poisoned as i am i'm a little sicko and being in the lockdown raptors discord doesn't help with this because i created a whole fake trade channel for all the sickos to go and be sick in but um like do you have like a a, an ideal sort of contingency plan if the raptors do in fact lose fred van vliet for nothing like it's a it's a pretty glaring problem if it happens and it kind of calls into question basically the last year plus of toronto raptors front office decisions and will surely like i think it would justifiably bring them some heat
3: i could see them um maybe thinking scotty is like a trial ready for like a trial by fire kind of situation but i don't agree with that Mm -hmm. and also then you know you're locking them into one thing um but no, man. I don't really know. I'm trying to even think of the names that are mm-hmm. sort of going to be on the radar uh, in free agency. There's not no one. No, but, but like, I think to your you're point, not
2: signing a free agent because you won't have the cap space.
3: Yeah, I mean, maybe they go over the cap just because they've been quite careful about it. I, I don't think. I think in an emergency, like in a pull, pull in case of emergency cord kind of situation, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think they would potentially go over if it's like a short-term deal but it's a slippery slope because you're setting yourself up for you know um being locked into some things you don't want in the next season and the season after that Um, problem there
2: is their only avenue to the cap is for the cap space to even sign a free agent into Mm -hmm. is to like renounce all their guys and not have yak or fred or gary just the way the money works like you just it's They've really painted themselves into a corner here, Katie. It's not great. <laughs> like it's
3: I mean, it's not great. It makes sense to me because it, it makes sense to me that when they looked at the how the team was two two or three seasons ago, mm-hmm. they thought they, they looked ahead and were like, This is how we want it to be. Yeah. Uh it hasn't worked out exactly that way. I don't know. You've have you pulled up some names?
2: I mean, I pulled up some <laughs> names. None of them are good. Uh, Kyrie Irving, pfft, no. Uh, Fred's number two on their list of good free agents over at Spot Track. Uh, again, you're not getting anything better. D'Angelo Russell, no, thank you. Patrick Beverly. Eh. Uh, I know you will be happy with Russell Westbrook, but I wouldn't be.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean,
3: it's a lot to take on, and I actually mm-hmm. like Russ in LA.
2: Yeah, I um, do. you know, just for t- to point out here, listed number fourteen. Not far off from the top of the list, number 14 on the list of point guards in free agency is Delano Banton, uh, if you want some perspective on how yeah, so grim this bit, scene is. There's
3: a bit of a, a PG drought, let's say.
2: <laughs> yeah, and so it's got to be via trade if you're going to mm-hmm. do it, but that probably necessitates sending Pascal the door in order to get that point guard. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like the Anfernee Simons thing, and that's how you do it, and that's how they replace Fred Van Vliet and reorganize the roster on the fly. Trading trade Pascal and not having Fred Van Vliet on the team is a surefire way to make your offense even worse. I'm sure of that. Even if you bring in Anfernie Simons. But yeah, it's uh like they just gotta keep them. There's not really another option here. Like, feel free. If you are one of these people who's like, can't have Fred on the team next year, please give me the other chance, the other option here. I know the other option is tank be bad, but like you're not going to do that. You have Scotty Barnes in year three. Starting a rebuild and a teardown in year three with Scotty Barnes is a surefire way to year seven. Scotty Barnes being like, damn, we didn't do any winning here. I'm leaving. Bye. Um, so, yeah, I-, I think you just got to keep the dude. We're going to come back on the other side, Katie, and get into some bad situations. If he does leave. <laughs> Where do we least want to see him go so we're not crushed emotionally and spiritually? We'll get into that in a hot second. Before we do that, just a reminder go check out Locked on NBA Big Board. Wonderful draft prep podcast. Raphael Barlow, leaf Doolin, as well as Richard Stamen doing a great job breaking it all down. Wonderful prospect insight. Great interviews with prospects. They're at the Combine, they're at all these events. Go check out Locked on NBA Big Board. Wherever you get your podcasts in on YouTube. Let's close it out. Listed off some of the teams where Fred could potentially head. He got the Sixers with his boy boy Nick Nurse. Of course, Fred did tweet a muscle emoji when uh, Nick Nurse got hired by the Philadelphia 76ers read into that cryptic whatever you as all you want uh it probably just is a guy congratulating his old boss that's fine um but you got the magic you got the bulls you got the lakers you got the rockets you got the suns you got the sixers you got the spurs shout out to matt matt shantz our pal from raptors republic uh compiling this list of teams he's seen links uh from fred van vliet to uh just wonderful essential work by matt any of those teams stand out to you as like you know what if if all else fails that's a fine place for fred van vliet to land
3: i mean i like, I don't know if this is going to disappoint you, but I don't feel like any of those places are bad spots. For the Angelian. Lakers would
2: bum me out. The Rockets would really bum me out.
3: I mean, the Rockets would bum me out for Fred, like Fred's sake. There are some mm-hmm. teams that, yeah, like, you know, you're not going to be in competition. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you won't be, you know, a couple seasons from now. I can't see the Rockets or the Spurs really staying down too long. But that does suck. Just as I can see competitive. the
2: Tillman-Fertitta-owned team staying down for a long time, Katie. I'm not sure about you.
3: I don't know. He's going to be making it. He's like building a casino, right? So I feel like his uh, <laughs> his evil eye of... What's it? Saruman? Sarum? <laughs> Which one is the which one is not the wizard? Katie, you're the one who does the, the
2: annual rewatch of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, releases. but I don't doesn't mean Sauron, I. Sauron, come on the now.
3: Straight. So <laughs> Tom evil eye is going to be blinking <laughs> elsewhere. Maybe it won't be focused on the rockets. You know, um, <sighs> the Sixers would be surreal. Like I have to say, it was kind of funny watching Nick in a you know one in a
2: suit. <laughs> yeah, One in a uh, suit, shaven and
3: two. <laughs> just like in a in a new place. Like you know it's going to happen. It was the same one like Kyle went to the Heat, you know, mm-hmm. for the first few times you're a little bit like you're like double taking it, you know. Yeah. So it would be strange to see him there. It doesn't mean I can't see it. Like like he'd be a good fit with the Magic. That team is on the up and up. I feel like they are where the Cavs were maybe mm-hmm. two seasons ago, kind of primed and ready. Um yeah, I don't really I don't really find any of these like a huge bummer Mm -hmm. because I would assume if it's a decision that's coming from Fred and his side of things it's, and he's got all these options. It's what he weighed and it's what he wanted.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, his happiness, obviously separate from my fan inclinations, I guess, uh, as far as like what would make me happy and sad all Mm -hmm. told if he's happy, that's great. Fred Van Vliet's deserved it. He's awesome. Um, If he goes to the Sixers, I will lose my mind. Uh, (laughs) Like, please, anywhere but. Because I... It just... The obnoxiousness of that whole thing would really grate on me, Katie. I also... Man, the Sixers got their whole Harden thing to sort out. I -hmm. I wonder if... Obviously, this would be kind of part of that um, as sort of their contingency plan in the event Harden does leave. But that's... uh, that's a spicy one, that I'm not going anywhere near. There's too many uh, too, too many hot peppers on the menu for me to go for that one. Um, that, that takes a lot. I like myself some heat. Um, the Spurs, I think, are the team where I'm like, you know what? That'd be pretty fun. Uh, you know, he gets to go and, like, shepherd along Victor Wembanyama. Um, it'd be pretty sweet. Uh, and where right are you at on the Suns idea, Katie? The Suns have been, like, one of the most rumored teams around Fred for a very long time. Mm-hmm. The thing here is, it would probably necessitate some sort of sign and trade in which Chris Paul becomes the point guard of the Toronto Raptors. That might not even be legal as the Suns are like a tax team and the (laughs) restrictions on doing sign and trades when you're in the tax are going to be really hard. Katie, this whole new CBA might really screw up the league. Holy crap. Like just like maybe not in a bad way, but just like in the way we typically know things to work. Uh, I think it's going to really kind of clog up the works as it were when it comes to these deals and machinations, but just theoretically, if they are able to make it legal, if the cap wizards put their, their heads together and figure it all out. Um, like Chris Paul is a one-year stopgap point guard in place of Fred Van Vliet, who gets to go play for the Suns with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. I know a lot of people don't like Chris Paul. I happen to love Chris Paul. I think it'd be kind of hilarious if we could say Chris Paul played for the Raptors. Shout out Hakeem Olajuwon and other dignitaries who have spent one year in Toronto. Sean Marion, Jermaine O'Neal, etc. Um, what do you what do you think of that one?
3: Sure, if we're just talking about like pure fantasy, um mm-hmm. yeah, I'd like it. I really like Chris Paul. Um come around on him hugely
2: he'd certainly uh demand accountability among the youths on the team (laughs) he would
3: I mean I really liked what he did in OKC I was a little bit bummed he moved on from there I think but I do think him in Phoenix I'd be sad to see him leave the Suns mostly because I'm sad to see what is happening Mm -hmm. with the Suns yeah you know not work out Mm -hmm. um but I liked what he did in OKC I liked how he was with that team all the kind of feedback from the young players was really positive mm-hmm. you know they enjoyed having him around they enjoyed learning from him the raptors aren't in that identical situation by any means you know you've got veterans and experienced players on the team which i think would fit really well with chris paul but you've also got younger players who yeah you're right he would uh certainly whip into shape
2: mm-hmm. i mean chris paul is very old he gets hurt all the time it probably would not go uh like amazingly like it did in that OKC season but that OKC team is one of my favorite like weird one-off teams of the last mm-hmm. few years. To the point that them breaking it up seemingly unnecessarily just like spawned this whole thunder hating character in me. Uh like really made me mad. And, and now the thunder that are cool. Again and all it? That. Yeah, it is. I was like, this team is cool. Why why did you do this? You <laughs> cowards. Um, this was an awesome team. And <laughs> you broke it up for no reason. But yeah, the it would not be like Chris Paul's like 37, 38. It would be a very different story, but I mean, you gotta have a point guard. And if that's the only option, I mean, I guess you could do worse as a stopgap. It's not like thrilling to me despite the sort of novelty of getting to watch Chris Paul play for the team. I like, he's like one of my, I don't know, 10 favorite players of the last 20 years. He's, he's right up there with me. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, Ultimately, I just as long as it's a team where they can work a sign and trade, and he mm-hmm. doesn't just walk into their cap space and you can get something in return. I, I guess I'll make my peace with it. But it's a uh, it's a dicey time right now, Katie. I I, I would still bet that they keep him just because their track record is that they take care of their guys and they always try to retain their guys. And there have been all sorts of, well, Kyle Lowry's going to the Wolves and the Spurs and the Sixers and the Heat. Every summer, He's got he's a free agent until the Raptors keep him. DeMar DeRozan's going to the Lakers, 100%, going to the Lakers. No, Raptors keep him. Like Fred Van Vliet has gone through many free agencies, as we talked about, and it's always ended up with, no, we're keeping him. So I'm going to err on the side of history with this one and go with the prediction that he ends up sticking around but if he doesn't katie this might go down as like the biggest black mark on the track record of the raptors front office at least of the last handful of years like it would be really bad and just kind of a a bit of a mess to sort of sort yourself and and dig yourself out of um do you have any parting shots on the fred van vliet of it all here katie before we wrap up i would
3: just say sean bet on yourself
2: Bet on yourself. That's, what That's what you for hate? damn sure.
3: Then bet on yourself.
2: <laughs> uh, I tried to I'd, bet on myself at the park yesterday playing pickup, and it did not work out very well. Hey, I'm what? too You're old getting, to bet getting, on getting myself. Out there. You're getting out there. I am getting out there. I um, out
3: there. No, pretty. I don't think I have any other thoughts based on you know, what I've already said. I'm mm-hmm. really interested to see what happens um, because I think it will shape the sort of team that we're looking at and the direction that they want to take this season mm-hmm. and beyond with what they do or don't do.
2: Yeah, it would be nice if they could just tell us what they want to do. I know they won't do that because that's bad uh, management and, uh, you know, planning. You don't want to, like, put your plans out there to the whole world just to satiate the fans. But, like, pass me a note under the table or something. I mean, with, like, to be honest, on. I think nice.
3: it, it kind of hinges on the coach, right? And that's yeah. why I feel like they are taking really taking their time yeah. because these candidates are bringing with them – and in these interviews talking about the vision that they have for the team yep. as it stands and what they would do to it. So it doesn't surprise me if there are varying visions. <laughs> they have to get behind one. They have to pick, you know, who they're going to hand the keys to, as it were.
2: Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's not Dennis Schroeder uh, <laughs> or Reggie Jackson. or Man, this point guard list gets – DJ Augustine is number 18 on this list, Katie. Bad news, bad news. We're going to leave it there. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for supporting the show. Everyone go support Katie's wonderful work. I pointed the wrong way on the screen. (laughs) Um, I'm really bad at that. Uh, Katie, anything you have in particular to promote for the good people out there?
3: Uh, Yeah, the piece I mentioned earlier on role players, that's on time. I also wrote a feature for SB Nation on the way that the Nuggets um, and the Heat too, uh, but primarily the Nuggets have reshaped what we're going to see from our finals contenders Uh, going forward and in doing so have also started to reshape sort of the landscape of the league.
2: Excellent. Everyone go check out Katie's wonderful, wonderful writing, and uh, go subscribe to Basketball Feelings. I'm a paid subscriber, and I'm a very, very happy customer, so join me, and then we can have, like, a Basketball Feelings book club. That'd be fun. (laughs) Uh, We'll uh, we'll wrap it there. Uh, Please support the show by subscribing, rating, reviewing, etc., etc. Join the Discord. The link is in the description if you want to come hang out with a bunch of Raptors fans who are just as sick in the head as you, baby. Um, We'll be back again on Monday. In fact, Jacob will be along. We'll also get into more prospect breakdowns next week. Bilal Kulabali, Nick Smith, uh, on down the list. Lots of guys to get to. So looking forward to all of that. In the meantime, have yourself a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.